look forward to another year of In the Trenches presented by First Star Logistics, but we wanted to give you some big news. This season, you'll find our interviews and keys to Bengals victory on In the Trenches in the First Star Media Group YouTube channel, along with our growing team of Joe Goodbury's Bengals on the Brain and Malik Wright's State of the Jungle. Also, the great folks at First Star Logistics have big plans this season with special giveaways each week the Bengals play. So be sure to visit both channels and our social media pages to stay updated on all giveaways and the latest news on the Bengals. So be sure to subscribe to the First Star Media Group YouTube channel as after this season, it'll become the channel that will host all our content. You're in the trenches with Dave Lapham, brought to you by First Star Logistics. And this Dave Lapham... I'm telling you right now, if this didn't get your heart pumping, nothing will, especially if you're a Bengals fan. And, you know, Joe Burrow says you never apologize for a win. And, boy, they won't on this one as the Luana Rumo and his defense bail out the Bengals offense um, in a 17-13 win, the move to 3-3 three and three on the season going into the bye. This game was a, a, a game for defensive purists. There's no question about that. Um, the game was won in the red zone. The Bengals offense, first two possessions, they get in the red zone, get in the low red zone, and score touchdowns. On the other hand, uh, they get in the red zone five times, get in the low red zone a bunch. I don't know how many red zone snaps they had, but it was an astronomical number. They scored a touchdown in their first red zone possession. Then they threw an interception. Then they settled for a field goal. In the last two possessions, they give up the football on downs, which in my mind are equal to takeaways. So they had three red zone turnovers, in, in my opinion. And when you get that done, particularly in the low red zone, like the Bengals were doing, it uh, it's it's just, you, you got to tip your cap. I mean, the Bengals defense won this football game. There's, there's no two ways about it. Five red zone opportunities, 10 total points scored, two points per red zone possession. That'll win you a lot of football games, there's no doubt. And the Bengals scored 14 points in two red zone possessions. So, you know, the game uh, was one in the red zone. You know, a, a game that uh, four-point game, four-point differential in the red zone, even though the, the uh, Seattle Seahawks had three more possessions than the Bengals did, they got outscored by four points in the red zone, low red zone. I think I had in my notes, the Seahawks had three drives in the second half inside the Bengals' eight-yard line. And come yep. away with zero points. I don't yeah, remember. I don't it, ever remember a game like that. I'm, I'm, that's that's as good a, a red zone performance as as I can remember. And uh, you know, the, the the complimentary football on a bunch of levels, I thought was uh, was encouraging. Um, the Bengals sound drive, like a what, fifteen play drive, seventy five yards, whatever it was, or eleven plays, whatever it was, in that opening possession, the Bengals fall behind 7 nothing, And that's the only red zone touchdown allowed. And then the Bengals offense responds to a touchdown right away on their first drive. Then they take a 14-7 lead. Um, you know, Joe Burrow has an interception. Mike Hilton says, don't worry about it. I'm getting it back. I mean, you know, the defense was playing extremely uh, well in terms of complimentary football. The Bengals offense was initially as well. I, there are just, you know, many instances like that. I think complimentary football is uh, is on a myriad of levels. And I think that the coverage was outstanding would allow the pass rush to get there. It seemed it seemed like the, the Seattle Seahawks were holding on to the football forever. I mean, it seemed like he was 
he was extending and, and creating plays. Uh, Geno Smith was, you know, all day long and the coverage was there and then it would break down and uh, the protection would ultimately break down and, and sacks would occur and in huge sacks. I mean, the H boys, Hill, Hubbard, Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard had a sack. He had a five quarterback hits. Uh, Trey Hendrickson gets himself another sack. Hill was very active. Uh, DJ Reader, you know, made plays. The back end, Cam Taylor Britt. Cam Taylor Britt's interception, not just the interception, but the return over, over 20 yards, that gave the Bengals a field goal that gave them a, you know, a four-point lead. That field goal was huge. The Bengals didn't generate a yard. Uh, the, the, two, the two first downs, basically, after the interception were generated by Cam Taylor Britt's return. That was two first downs that the uh, offense didn't have to worry about, and it's a good thing they didn't. Uh, and then McPherson lined up and kicked another field goal of over 50 yards to extend the lead to four points. So, I mean, there was complimentary football, you know, being played uh, at a lot of different levels and within the same level, all three phases and within the each phase of all three phases. So uh, that's that's definitely a good sign. Yeah, when you, you look at the stat sheet and – Seahawks, 24 first downs as compared to the Bengals, 15. Time of possession, 34 minutes and one second for the Seahawks, 25-59 for the Bengals. Um, You know, you you sit there and you look at total yards, 381 to 214 and um, rushing, 46 yards running the ball for the Bengals, 168 passing. And at the beginning of this game, the first drive, you would think, man, Joe Burrow is dialed in. Six different receivers he hits. Um, they go down, and they and they get that, you know, tying 7-7 there, you know, towards the end of the first quarter. And you got, okay, this offense is ready to really, you know, Burrow is back 100%. Not saying he's not because we, we're seeing the flashes. But the, the, that second half just, just could not get nothing going. And as you said, Cam Taylor, Britt, Brought his A game, and you just have to sit there and, and, and give Lou Anarumo all the credit. I, coaches that I know for many, many years, from doesn't matter what level they're at, say, hey, they all count as one. It doesn't matter how we get there as long as you get it in that W column. And this will be one we may look back at the end of the season, but is this a costly one because we saw Orlando Brown go out of this game Cody Ford had to step up and play left tackle. Um, T. Higgins still nursing. The the bye may be coming at the best possible time for this team. Well, I mean, I think that uh, I, I saw Orlando Brown in the locker room after the game. He said he tweaked his groin. He'd been dealing with a groin issue and had missed some practice a couple of weeks back. Uh, and, and groins can be dicey. There's no question about that. Cast groins, hamstrings, any kind of muscle like that can be a a dicey proposition when you're taxing it like you're taxing it playing professional football. Um, he's, I, he thinks he's going to be fine, particularly with the bye week. Uh, he'll be able to rest for literally two weeks before he has to go out there and play a football game and really, uh, you know, give that thing a, a, a workout against the San Francisco 49ers. So I, I think he's going to be okay. Um, but yeah, it's, there's, there's, um, I, I, I think, when season starts, you like to have your buy as close to the middle of the season as you possibly can. This is probably a couple of weeks early than what guys were thinking when the season started, but there's never a bad time for a buy <laughs> because uh, if you played six games in the National Football League and gone through training camp and everything else, I mean, you, your body can, can use the rest. 
but the problem is on the backside, you're going to have a couple of more weeks of a grind as you, you know, trying to qualify for the playoffs and down the stretch and all that sort of thing. But um, I think, I think the buy is going to be well accepted. Uh, they're going to get themselves rested and, and, uh, and, and get themselves, uh, you know, <laughs> ready to, ready to make a run in the second half of the playoffs. The fact that they have crawled out of the, uh, the meaning hole at, at one and three record. Now they stand even Steven, but the thing is they're three and all against the NFC West all and three against everybody else in the AFC. Um, so, you know, they, now they played uh, the final a- NFC West team after the bye week, and then they've got to start putting some wins together against the AFC and particularly division uh, opponents in the AFC, because as we talked about before, this is where the tiebreakers are are all about. You you need wins. Don't get me wrong. It's it, a win is a win, and however you get a win in the National Football League, celebrate it because they're not easy to get. Um, but now, if you, as you're thinking, okay, we're a potential playoff team, uh, we need to start generating wins against our conference and our division because those are the ones that uh, that count a little bit more when you're working against other teams that have multiple wins themselves. This was, this was more of a game of the guys that we don't talk a lot, but we always talk about the Jamar Chases. But Tyler Boy, a guy who's kind of been quiet all season, he steps forward, seven receptions, gets the touchdown. The rookie, Andre Yosevich, uh, got his first NFL career touchdown. And then over on defense, I don't know if people noticed, there was one of the drives by the Seahawks that was, you know, basically in the in the goal, uh, the red zone goal, and you get, you saw guys like Joe Bocci, making plays. Um, so this was more, you know, when you talk about team wins, this was the, the more the players we don't talk about each Sunday that stepped forward, in my opinion. Well, in that in that particular uh, goal line uh, sequence, uh, low red zone sequence you're talking about, one of the things that Lou Anaromo did, he went with a four linebacker configuration yeah. for the first time. So, I mean, he's got a lot of tools in the toolbox and he's got a lot of things that he can draw from and he, and he trusts everybody. That's the thing. I mean, if he if he goes to that particular uh, defensive alignment, he's saying, Joe Bocci, I believe in you. I trust in you. I know you're going to be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. I know you're gonna, not going to make a mistake. And you're going to make plays, and and we're going to we're going to do it. And um, he had obviously a myriad of pressure packages that uh, I think were ultimately a, a factor. I think I think the quarterback was Geno Smith is 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 a guy that. This year, he's uh, last year and this year, he's done a good job of getting off a bad read. Well, he would get off what he thought was a bad read, and then the next read he went to looked equally bad to him because Lou Anarumo had him confused, like Lou Anarumo's had a lot of quarterbacks confused, and he held on to that football a long time. And, uh, and like I said, the coverage held up, the coverage didn't break down. Um, it was, uh, it was you know, <laughs> complimentary football, one hand feeding the other. And it was just a, a magnificent defensive performance to see because offensively after the first two drives, there was not much support there whatsoever. Yards were uh, hard to come by. Forget yards, feet and inches were hard to come by. Um, so that, that you, you just you just never know. You just never know in the National Football League which phase has to step up, uh, which phase is going to have to support the other. And I will say, um, you know, it was obviously a defensive uh, performance but special teams, I thought that they competed. One of the big reasons Seattle had won three games in a row and three out of four, their special teams had dominated. Uh, they, they, were, they were on a lot of short fields themselves offensively. They, they had uh, the worst time of possession in the league 
coming into this football game, a little over 26 minutes a game. They'd run the fewest snaps in the league. Um, and, and they were sixth in the league in scoring. How can that happen? Defensive touchdowns on two of their three uh, pick sixes. The other pick sixes return for a short field for the offense, and they get points out of it. Uh, special teams, the punter had been extraordinary. Number one in the NFL in, in gross yards, number two in net yards. And he had put opponents on long fields and made enjoy short field after short field. So I thought the Bengals competed in that area. I thought it was pretty even Steven for the most part in terms of, you know, average drive start. And that, that was a big factor in, in this football game. So um, I thought special teams, you know, made their contribution in a game that they needed to make their contribution in. And this is, this is what you need. Uh, you have to have, so, you know, very rarely do you, they've, the Bengals have not had a game yet where all three phases have stepped up in the same game and showed themselves uh, the best they possibly can. When that happens, there's going to be, somebody's going to pay. I mean, there's going to, they're going to be a snoofle for somebody, uh, but they've had, you know, one and a half, sometimes two, never three uh, phases showing up at the exact same time, offense, defense, and special teams. So that's something to look forward to after the, the bye week as well. You're in the trenches with Dave Lappin, presented by First Star Logistics. A reminder, if you're not taking part in the great giveaways by First Star Logistics during this Bengals season, you are missing out on some great prizes. Week 6, a retro Bengals-themed NFL Blitz arcade game that anybody would love to have in their man cave or game room, whatever the case may be, maybe even in your office. Uh, you have the deadline until 11.59 tonight, October 15th, to get in on that. But then each week the Bengals play, there will be a giveaway. So be sure to be taking part of that. Lap, I, have, have you, you know, this team, it gets the buy. Have you ever seen a team in multiple seasons dig such a deep hole and able to dig themselves out? And they've had the success last season afterwards. But this this schedule is not an easy schedule going forward. No, it's definitely not, and that's why to fall fall into the hole deeper than two games under five hundred, and that that's not that's that's a that's a small hole. I mean, there have been uh, worse holes that have been dug out of in, in in NFL history for sure. But you certainly don't want to test yourself in that regard. You don't want to get yourself a you know three four games under five hundred. And have to uh, you know dig yourself out of it with with uh, less than ten games to play. I mean that that's uh you know that's that's tough sledding. So um, it, these these last two football games have been extremely important in that regard. There's no doubt about it. Because like you say, I mean you, you you have the bye, then you have to travel to San Francisco, and uh, Cleveland showed that they were mortals uh, today. I mean they they battled San Francisco tooth and nail, and then all you have after that is Buffalo. Uh, they come to Cincinnati. We know all about them. Houston has got a quarterback who threw his first interception uh, uh, today. He set a rookie record, uh, most pass attempts in, in his, to start a career without an interception. Stroud's done a hell of a job. And then you got to go to Baltimore. Then Pittsburgh comes here. Then you have to go to Jacksonville on uh, on Monday night. At Baltimore is Thursday night. I mean, you know, that's a that's a crazy stretch. And you got Indianapolis and Minnesota. You don't know what's going on at the quarterback position with Indianapolis. Now they're talking about surgery for their star Richardson, potentially uh, with that uh, shoulder separation, the AC joint. Um, and, the, and, and then in Minnesota, then you go to Pittsburgh and uh, 
<laughs> you go to Kansas City and you finish with Cleveland. I mean, it's, there's there's no gimmies. I mean, that's that's the National Football League. There there are no gimmies, and there there shouldn't be. I mean, everybody's paid to play, and um, you know that's that's what makes the league so great. And and uh, the interest is is at an all time high. And I'll tell you what, there's no doubt in my mind that being at home was a huge factor in this football game, because when you're in the red zone and in the low red zone and you're at one end of the stadium and the crowd can be so deafening, I've been in those situations. It's like it, at midfield, it seems to be a little bit, you know, the, 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 the noise just doesn't come right back over your head like it does when you're in one of the end zones. I mean, it's, it's crazy loud in those end zones. And when you're in that low red zone, man, it's hard to hear when the crowd's going nuts. So, you know, you, you feel a little bit unsure from a communication standpoint. You don't want to jump off sides. So you want to make sure that that ball moves before you move. So you're look, you know, you're a little, you're a step slower. If, if, uh, if it were the reverse and the Bengals were on the road and, um, you know, had to, had to deal with those red zone issues, it would be just as tough as on them as it was on the Seattle Seahawks. And if Seattle had been home playing against the Bengals and had to deal with those red zone scenarios, I think it would have been a hell of a lot easier for all of them to deal with. So tips your cap to the crowd. I think, uh, you know, the crowd was a big, big factor in this football game. And the fact that uh, they stood up big when they had to, it was a huge assist. It was the 12th man for that defensive football team. The Bengals put out there. There was no question. Dave, the Seahawks sixth drive of the game was one of those ones we saw, you know, a, a face mask penalty by BJ Hill. Um, it looked that was like, legit. yeah, <laughs> that was legit it was there. Um, he got his money's worth. Yeah. yeah. But it, and then it was a, um, you know, they, a, a, a personal foul against the Seahawks and was second and goal. I think it was on the 18. Mike Hilton comes up big and, has Mike Hilton been kind of um, lost this season as far as, you know, we've seen the, the things. Is it just the adjustments with the young guys around him as compared to having the Jesse Bates and the Vaughn Bells around him in the previous seasons? Now he's got the young guys and the DJ Turners, and he's got the Cam Taylor Brits and the Daxton Hills. Um, but he came up big on that drive to, to close that down. And, you know, I, I didn't want to leave him out because we talked about, I mean, can't, Cannot stress enough how big of a game Cam Taylor Britt had, but I mean Mike Hilton is still a guy to be reckoned with in this defense. No question. I mean he's in my mind the best slot corner in the National Football League, and he he blitzed quite a bit today. Lou Anarumo had him coming off the edge, and he was he was putting uh, pressure on the quarterback that affected the quarterback. No doubt about that. He had his interception. Uh, he made plays. I mean Mike Hilton is is still playing at an extremely high level. And, uh, and I know Lou Anarumo is glad that uh, 21's on the Bengals roster and so are his teammates. Uh, he, he, um, he, when, when you have to have a big play, he'll, he's not, it, it's not too big for him. He, he will step up and, and compete and, and, and make a play. And that, that play was huge. I mean, that was enormous. That red zone interception was, was massive. There, there are no two ways about it. I mean, you look at it in the first half, the Bengals, um, they, they had no turnovers, and they had one penalty for two yards. They played about as clean a football game as you can play. I mean, that, that, that's phenomenal, those two things. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they were obviously, uh, you know, mentally focused. They were zeroed in. And then uh, from first half to second half, the level of play was 
was a lot different. I think you probably have to tip your cap to the Seattle Seahawks. There's no question that they uh, didn't make adjust. They made adjustments. And um, in the locker room after the game, I was asking guys, the second offensive players, the second half was it lack of execution on on the offense, or was it adjustments that the Seattle Seahawks defense made, or was it a combination of both? And basically, by some of the answers I got, it sounds like it was a combination of both. Um, and, and, you know, then all of a sudden the defense realizes they need to step up and Mike Hilton stepped up and made one big, massive interception. There are no two ways about it. I mean, the Seahawks came into this football game with one turnover in four games, one interception. They still haven't fumbled. They still have not fumbled the football. Um, they haven't lost a fumble, but they're the only team in the NFL that hasn't put the ball on the ground. Uh, and it, one of them was nullif was wiped out uh, when they lost control of the football. It didn't the play did not uh, did not stand on the on the as an official official snap. So they still have zero fumbles. And uh, the Bengals in a game like this, turnovers usually decide the football game. And the Bengals uh, were plus one. The Bengals had two interceptions, and they only gave up one. And you know you you look at it. Um, Pete Carroll is his his whole thing is it's all about the ball. As soon as you get hired as the Seattle Seahawks head coach, his big thing was it's all about the ball. Ball security, take care of the football. 343 takeaways coming into this football game since 2010 when he took over. When they finished plus, they're 85 and 19 under Pete Carroll. Two and all this year when they're plus. Well, they weren't plus today. They were minus, and they lost the football game in a hotly contested football game that, you know, the margin for error is very, very small, and they made two mistakes when the Bengals only made one. Does the NFL – there there was a a hit by D.J. Reader in this game when he, he, he wraps Geno Smith, takes him down after the pass, and they call personal foul. And from what I saw, everything looked clean except for what they were saying was the – the fact he put his weight. What what do they expect a three hundred pound plus man to do once you're wrapped? Yeah, I mean that's that's the that's the problem. I mean it's like they're, they're, I I understand they're trying to protect the quarterbacks. The quarterbacks are the most uh, valuable assets that the National Football League has, and this is a guy that was a Pro Bowl quarterback last year, so he's even more valuable. Um, I understand all that. But, man, I saw Joe Burrow get hit in the head about three or four times today and no penalty flags. I mean, he took some shots to the head. And uh, he's pretty damn valuable quarterback himself. But, you know, at first, I, I didn't hear them explain. The official usually explains falling full weight on the, you know, that's the personal foul. I thought he just called him for hitting him late. And I'm like, that can't be late. And then I thought, and then I said, oh, maybe he fell on top of him. Well, did he? I mean, you know, he, he might have a little bit. But, I mean, What's he supposed to do? How are you supposed to redirect a 340-pound body to make sure that when you hit him in perfect form, wrap him up, and now you have to almost like roll him on top of you to make sure that you don't fall on top of him when you go to the ground? How the hell are you going to do that? I mean, they're they're asking for the impossible there. So I don't know. It's a it's a tough dynamic. And uh, again, um, I know I know Joe Burrow got got hit up in the headgear. A couple of times, you know, when uh, he, he after he released the football and uh, there was no, I guess their eyes didn't stay with with the uh, defender after the ball was released. Somebody is supposed to watch that 
after the ball is airborne, somebody has to stay with the quarterback. But they uh, they let some contact go in that regard. So it's always the way, though. Again, the Bengals 17-13 winners over the Seattle Seahawks to move to 3-3 three and three on the season. We've been talking with Dave Lapham in our post-game call that we do after each game, home and away. We can't thank Dave enough for taking the time to do that. And uh, you're in the trenches with Dave Lapham, presented by First Star Logistics. And again, a reminder, be sure to take part every week the Bengals play in the great giveaway that First Star Logistics has uh, going throughout this football season. We Unbelievable prizes. Lap, you, you and I, when we're in the studio at First Star Logistics, you, you've had a chance to see some of these prizes. It's stuff we want in our house. And uh, can't say enough about everybody at First Star Logistics and what they do to help us and what they've done for us now going in through our third season within the trenches. And Lap, we close this out. We, we talked about the fact that you now have a team that is going into a bye. Your schedule does not get easier. Uh, you, you have a team that has a areas, I guess it's good for coaches. Coaches always like to find things that need to work on. And there, I think there's plenty of things that this, this football team can do to improve getting in post-bye, especially on the offensive line. And um, maybe, you know, getting 100%. Joe Burrow, as you said with Orlando Brown, two full more weeks of him getting that calf back to where it needs to be and getting his body right. So I want to let you have a uh, your final say of, of what you think this team needs to do during the bye to prepare for that 49ers game and going forward to have yeah, a I successful mean, I, year. Yeah, I think what they what they need to do is uh, celebrate this win for 24 hours. They're going to come back to work tomorrow. They're going to look at the tape. They're going to correct just like they always do. They're going to have a practice on Tuesday. And then it sounds like they're going to be off on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then get back at it again the following week. And just think about one thing and one thing only, the San Francisco 49ers, as we've said many times, an NFL season uh, is it's, it's 17 one-game seasons. It used to be 16, used to be 14, used to be 12, but now it's 17 one-week seasons, and that's what it boils down to. Um, it, it, you know, you, you see one week to the next, a, a team can go out and score 50, 60, 70 points, and there's no carryover the, the next week. The matchups are all different, and uh, the matchups are different with with com- if, if two teams play the same team and one team wins by 10, the other team wins by 7, doesn't mean that uh, you're favored by 3. You know, it's like there's no carryover to that sort of thing. Every matchup is different. So what you'd have to do in the National Football League is focus on the following week. You do not want to get caught looking down the road and thinking if we can get this and, you know, then we only have to win two out of these three or, gee, we only have to go win one of these finals. No, no, no. It's like every single week you go through the same process, the grind is on, and you're taking that week, and you want to go one and zero as many times as you possibly can during the course of the season. And then add them up at the end, and if you qualify for the playoffs, you are you continue to play in the National Football League, and and those are all one game seasons as well. So that's the mindset. You know, the mindset is um, you dug yourself a mini hole, you've crawled out of it. Uh, now you get a chance to rest your body, rest your mind, 
you know, I get ready for the for the stretch drive after the after the bye week, and it starts off with one of the best teams in the National Football League. But who thought that uh, when they traveled to Cleveland without Cleveland's mega million dollar quarterback playing, that it was going to be the kind of football game that it that it uh, turned out to be? So, one thing that you know in the National Football League is you never know. <laughs> well, one thing we do know is. Stay in the trenches with Dave Lappin, presented by First Star Logistics, because even though the Bengals are in a bye week, we will have content on both in the trenches with Dave Lappin and also the First Star Media Group YouTube channels leading up to the game against the 49ers. So a lot of content will be coming forward over the next two weeks. For Dave Lappin, this is Dave Burke. Again, in the trenches and the First Star Media Group, presented by First Star Logistics. Final reminder... If you're not taking part in that giveaway by First Star Logistics, you're missing out. A lot of great things happening with those giveaways. So uh, a lot of big things. Trust me, I've seen some of the future prizes, and you want to be sure you're taking part each week the Bengals play. Dave, as always, appreciate your time. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday and a big win by the Cincinnati Bengals. It's uh, it's uh, it's always good to have the, uh, a victory Monday the next morning after after a football game that you win, it's much better to wake up to than the other way around, that's for sure. And one thing that I, I would like to say is well, all you people that uh, are considering um, being part of our contest, First Star Logistics, everything they do, they do right. They do first class. They cut no corners. So I'm telling you, get involved. You won't regret it. First Star, Logist first Star Logistics is as good as it gets. I'll second that motion. And for that, this is Dave Burke. He's Dave Lapham, and you've been in the trenches, presented by First Star Logistics. Dave Lapham here, and every day I am grateful for my experience to have played professional football. As a player, I realize self-motivation, leadership, and appreciating your teammates are key. At First Star Logistics, you can use those same attributes to create the life you want for you and your family. Build your future by working hard like I did. You'll see results both on and off the field. Call First Star Logistics today and be part of our winning team. Opportunity knocking.